Welcome to the Monday Minute of the Hunt Back Country podcast. These are shorter and more informal episodes where we answer your listener questions. Joined sometimes and often by Steve, but he's not on today. But I have my good friend Kyle Camp with me today. How are you, Kyle? Good, good. We got a lot of snow in Boise last night, so it's actually looking like winter by December 1st. So it's, it's about time. Do you remember the last time you were on the podcast, on our podcast? Oh, man. I meant to look um, and I forgot to look. I feel like it's been a while. It has been a while. Like we did the, we, you know, there was the initial one, which was years ago. And we kind of did gummy a follow bears up. Famous. It did. <laughs> it did make <laughs> Valley, Valley to Peak and Gummy Bears pretty much synonymous. Um, I think, I think it was like the first time anyone had ever heard a dietitian ever talk about anything with sugar in it and, you know, kind of instantly became. A, a, a popular answer for who's a good dietitian just because it was like I was permissing sugar <laughs> much much obviously there's much more to that but I think the last one we did was uh, if I remember it you did a a series of you called it something conversation and and we we did one of those but it's been a while yeah well, I'm glad you're back we've talked a lot offline uh we're friends outside of podcasting so uh, but it's good to get you back on the show i'm sure that uh a handful maybe a majority of our listeners may know who you are what valley peak is etc but i also know that there's uh, a ton of folks who don't and so can you give us the quick rundown of who you are what valley to peak is like the the 30 second 30 000 foot view yeah so uh like you said in the introduction kyle camp live in live in boise and we run a um a nutrition business called valley to peak which you know sort of our tagline is we help people prepare for and perform optimally in the mountains and we do that in kind of a number of different ways and um you know it kind of starts with meeting with someone and trying to figure out what their goals are and then setting up a game plan based on what that is and um so over the years we've done a lot of different things that range from the preparation end of things uh in the months leading into call it a backcountry hunt or sometimes it's an ultra or ski tour or whatever to even you know kind of guiding people on their nutrition for the hunt itself like you know 10-day sheep hunt in alaska how do you fuel for something like that and so that's one arm of the business and then the other arm which has been important to me is creating as many resources as humanly possible to help people not just not just guide them in preparing for stuff like that but really managing it long term and educating them on how nutrition works because there's one thing there's no shortage of now it's it's resources and there's never been more confusion. So I really wanted to create kind of one place that people could go to and feel like, all right, if I'm interested in this topic, this is a resource that I trust. And um, I, I want to be able to find out information on that. So I've really tried to work on building kind of the education arm of it as well. Yeah, that's good. There's, as you said, no shortage of information, a lot of apparently conflicting information. I say apparently like from a uh, a non-researched like just a person when you look at the world of like nutrition and advice like there's so much contradiction so much information and it's hard to sort out as well like good information from people that actually know what they're talking about but also aren't like invested in their information meaning like they don't have a tie to 
a product or a philosophy or they're not trying to sell a book on a certain type of diet or something like that. So I I personally appreciate your objectivity because you're not you're just not tied to any of that stuff, which is pretty great. We've tried to. I think there's a, <laughs> a meaning we've tried to remain objective and like at, this is a this is a complete side tangent. I have no idea if this is even where you wanted to go with a podcast. But so I'm an, I'm a member of a professional organization. But one of the main things I have an issue with with that professional organization, and e- even a lot of people who do what I do, is there's ties to companies, and so you're always questioning, can I believe this? <laughs> right? Like I, I hear what you're saying. It all sounds great, but uh, like there, there seems like there's some underlying motive. So the other, the thing that's been really important to me over the years is to remain completely autonomous so I can say whatever I want and it be truthful. I'm not tied to a brand. And I think more importantly to, to, to me than that was people know that because then they know there's no underlying motive here. Right, the, he's not tied to a specific supplement brand, so he's not saying something about this product out, out of trying to get money or favor or whatever. It's it's the truth, and I think that that's one thing that I personally have appreciated about you and Steve when it comes to gear and different products, and you know, over every category that falls under the you know the heading of gear for the outdoors is Eve remain completely objective just to do that. And <laughs> when, when, when Steve talks about a product and he's like, no, it sucks. I know it probably really sucks. <laughs> and when something's, you know, he, he promotes a product and then I know that it's, it's probably good and same with you. So yeah, tried to remain and have remained objective. Um, just, just because of that, I think it's important in the world where, there's so much information and now everybody's kind of wondering who can I even trust Um, for people like me in positions like me giving information about a certain topic like nutrition to not have ties so you can be honest and so people can trust that. I wanted to get you on the show partially just because of the time of year as obviously we get closer to New Year's and there's a lot of people who make goals, resolutions, desire to make changes, etc. So that's part of it, but also just honestly navigating the next handful of weeks and what some people just came out of with Thanksgiving. Um, I saw, I think it was an email or something that came through my inbox just this week that was like the average, I don't know if it said the average person does gain or expects to gain more than five pounds between Uh, essentially November, December, you know, between like Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holiday parties and the snacks in the office, not to mention the days of the holidays themselves. Like it's, it's pretty never ending for a lot of people this time of year. Um, So one, I want to talk a little bit about navigating that. I do want to talk maybe a little bit about some misconceptions. I do want to let people know off the bat, like as much as we just talked about who you are, what you do and how you're objective, like, yes, you do have some paid services and people can go learn more about that. But I will just say you give away so much information for free. Um, So this isn't like a a sales pitch to like, hey, everybody go pay Kyle money, which would be great if you need that and want that. But if you're not following Kyle on Instagram or his podcast or his website or his email, uh, I will just say that there's there's a ton that you give away for free. So I just make sure people do that if they're 
remotely interested in some of the objective uh, perspectives on nutrition we just talked about, but still, you know, they don't have to like sign up to pay you for something. So, all right, let's circle back. Practical navigating. I mean, some people probably already fell off the rails in a way from Thanksgiving, but, (laughs) and some of those people, and here's part of the problem. Like there's probably folks listening to this who fell off the rails for Thanksgiving. They know Christmas is coming. And they're probably thinking, I might as well, like, go hog wild for Just the next month, embrace it, yeah, be crazy, have no control, no strategy, <laughs> no plan, no whatever, yeah. And then on January one, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fix it. So yeah. one, speak to that. But then two, uh, there's probably some people who don't enjoy the holidays enough. And I know that there's a very yeah. extreme examples of like go hog wild do anything we'll fix it in january or i have to be perfect i have to be strict i have to be disciplined and maybe they're just like not enjoying the holidays or they're really awkward around people so like i don't know help us find a middle ground like a strategy (laughs) like i'm talking like actual practical like hey consider this you know and i know that's wide open but i know that's something you've navigated personally and talk with people about yeah, my my brain goes a million different directions when you say that, so I might have to have you sort of lasso me back in. But well, I I gave you no actual direction, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the very first thing that came to mind when you were describing that is you are right. So people go into well, number one, you are right that research says that most people will gain somewhere between five and eight pounds over the holidays and the holidays considered basically Halloween through whatever libations you decide to have on new year's Eve. Right? So what ends up happening is most lifetime weight gain happens then. And then we just fail to take it off over the course of the year. It, you know, that compounds over years. And before you know it, you're up higher than you want to be. So the very first thing that sort of comes to my mind is people will do what they perceive as a negative behavior on Thanksgiving, right? Overeat, can't button their pants, put on the sweats, keep the pumpkin pie flowing, whatever. They jump on the scale and the scale is up eight pounds, right? And in the week that follows Thanksgiving and our mind goes to okay well now all hope is lost eight pounds in one day you know i can't believe that i ended that i'm just gonna keep going until uh, like you said the new year and then i'll i will uh go back and try to fix it i think the important thing to remember that that one day no matter how far you go overboard is not going to cause weight gain in regards to it being a fat gain And there's a dramatic difference between weight showing up and body fat actually coming on. And the large majority, vast majority of the public thinks any scale change is indicative of us getting, you know, quote, fatter or skinnier. And that's not true. So if you have a realistic expectation and you realize that and that 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 day did not cause you to gain five pounds of body fat, you are not so far over the edge that you like can't come back and may as well just go full send all the way through the new year. So I think a really realistic expectation of what you're seeing is important. Second to that, think about the new year, right? I mean, if, if you think about, um, I'm trying to think of an analogy and maybe one will come to me, but it would be a lot easier 
at the end of the year to realize, oh man, I'm I'm only, you know, a little bit away from where I want to be versus I've got so much ground to make up just to get back to a net neutral and then go make up the ground to where I want to be. So I, I think that that's important too, is sort of projecting in the future, like, well, where do you want to be? It would be a lot easier just to start from where you are instead of having to make up ground and then go back and fix it. Going back to the um, like the part that you had said, you know, for people who are too structured, too rigid, too strict around the holidays, like one one phrase that we say uh, in our our program is sometimes memories are more important than macros. And I, I think that this became even more real to me when I lost my dad about three years ago. Uh, unexpectedly, it's like life truly is short, and I don't know that I want to spend my Thanksgiving eating you know, mashed cauliflower instead of actual potatoes, because most of my year does look really great. Most of my year is pretty close to what I want uh, from a nutrition standpoint, whenever it comes to my goals. But these one-off days, call it Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve, are not going to set you back from your goals entirely what we we did a uh, we did a program for several years we haven't really done it we haven't done the official program this year or last year but we still put out the messaging to our clients uh, and it's called it's called operation net zero and the idea is this is that between you know halloween and new year's first the total weight change is a neutral it's zero you're not coming out crazy heavy you're not trying to set up unrealistic expectations to lose weight during this season you're just trying to manage it and um part of what we had set up part of the premise of that is look on the holidays themselves enjoy it have the pie get two scoops of it you know add the ice cream eat actual mashed potatoes rather than mashed cauliflower if it lines up with your goals but on the the days and the weeks in between those four days the other you know call it 56 days over the span of two months Try to be fairly close. Be mindful. Don't go full send. Have smaller portions of, you know, holiday celebrations and Christmas parties and all of the things that are available. Eat one cookie out of the break room, not the entire row, right? I mean, there's there's some strategies that you can implement that truly are uh, balanced without you having to be on any end of that polarizing spectrum, which tends to be look, there's no hope for me. I'm sending it and I'm just going to try to, you know, fix this at the first of the year. And then on the other end, it's almost like this, this paralyzing fear where even looking at the pumpkin pie will cause me to gain weight. So I'm just not going to touch it. I'm going to create these really, really strict, rigid rules for myself over the holiday. So, you know, I can come out in January one, um, being where I want to be, but I don't, I don't think you have to live on either end of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, (laughs) this simple strategy is like just one that I put in place for Thanksgiving. And I love what you said, Kyle. I think the, this whole end of the year period, the two months or really the month we have left at this point isn't so much about the day, the holiday, the event, it's about the accumulation of everything that goes in addition to that. So it's the break room, it's the extra parties, it's the five Christmas celebrations, not Christmas day and the one. Um, and so choosing to like, okay, here's here's the day, here's the time, or here's this celebration where I'm not going to sweat, but then 
I need to have some limits on all these other auxiliary things. Um, one thing I noticed personally, and this is timely, I we had our Kodiak trip um, in November, and it's a lot of good food, <laughs> a lot of good food. And similar, I was like, man, I this isn't something I do all the time. Like, I just want to be up here and relax and enjoy this. But coming out of that, and that was shortly before Thanksgiving, I was like, and then I knew Christmas was coming. Both my kids' birthdays are in December. Like, we have so much stuff these final two months of the year. So I was coming out of Kodiak, like having indulged. And then I was like, all right, I need I need some strategies for the rest of the year. One of them was on Thanksgiving. I do look forward to pumpkin pie. It's about the only time I ever eat it. It's something I look forward to. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I am going to take a small slice of pumpkin pie with whipped cream about, you know, five to six solid bites. And like, I'm just going to enjoy those and let that be what it is. And as funny as that sounds, like me going into it with that intention and plan, I think I enjoyed those five to six like solid good bites of this small piece of pumpkin pie more than times in the past when it's like, oh, yeah, let me just go eat a big piece of pie and then let me get a second one, et cetera. Because you're you're like on autopilot just consuming this deliciousness, but you're not actually like purposefully enjoying it. And I almost enjoyed it more to have like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my limit. And I'm going to enjoy every little bit of this. And it was almost more rewarding in a way. Have you ever done anything yeah. like that? Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting you bring that up. So if um, I, we kind of had shared this a couple of times in the first few podcasts I'd been on, but so I, I used to weigh 270, lost 140 pounds. And that was almost um, almost 15 years ago that I lost that weight. Every Saturday, I would go to this small um, restaurant in the town that I'd lived in. And they had these these phenomenal homemade baked chocolate chip cookies. And so I would go there and I would go with a book and I would sit outside and like the in the nice weather and I would I would eat that thing like it was the last chocolate chip cookie on the planet. I just would like enjoy it. I didn't rush through it. It's not like I sat there by candlelight and journaled about it with Elton John in the background, but I would like just intentionally sit there and enjoy it, read my book go about my day. And I just, I, I enjoyed that so much that it, it was, it was almost like, this is going to sound just kind of ridiculous now that I hear myself say it, but <laughs> it was almost like a, a, a different experience than, you know, the first 20, whatever years of my life where I piled many chocolate chip cookies in my mouth and never even really noticed what they tasted like as silly as that sounds. So yeah, it, it does sound kind of cliche. It does sound woo-woo. You probably have, you know, been on uh, betterhomesandgardens.com and read about all of the tips to diet and one of them was savor your food. And it sounds so stupid, but it is true. Like the, the more that you just sit there and take time to realize some of the things that you get once a year and you just kind of take the time to enjoy them, um, they are more as silly as it sounds kind of rewarding we've laid out hey try to ignore or try to be disciplined through all the extra sweets and treats and everything in the holiday season the extra parties the extra break room stuff the extra whatever 
and then enjoy the actual holidays. And then when you do have that thing that you truly enjoy, whether that's, you know, I don't know, Aunt Susan's green bean casserole or some special dessert or whatever, like go into it with some intention, like actually purposefully enjoy it. Like I think if guys did those two things, they're probably going to save themselves some headache and weight gain and be in a better place January 1. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think too, just it, uh, even stopping for a second and, and just asking like, do I even really want this? Like sometimes we're just eating stuff because it's around. And I, I think I might've said this the first time I was on the podcast. I don't remember. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm saying things multiple times, I apologize. But I remember, you know, for me getting up to 270 at a very young age was not like, I wasn't quote eating my feelings. I just loved food. And so I would walk by the fridge, something looked good. I would just eat it. There was no like real acknowledgement of, do I even want this? Am I even hungry? What does hunger even feel like? Right. And so I think the holidays are one of the reasons the holidays are such a challenge is yes, the opportunity is more. There's Christmas parties, there's stuff laying around every office across the world, peak consumers or, um, vendors if you work for a business are sending things in as a thanks for doing business over the over the holidays nobody's sending fruit baskets everybody's sending like rich meats rich cheeses rich uh sweets and candies and cookies and pies and all of this stuff and most most of the time we're just it's just there right it's it's just there so we eat it it's not real hunger but i think even even that is like okay do I even want this versus just mindlessly popping stuff in would be something else to consider. And if the answer to that is yes, like one thing that I'll do, uh, one, one strategy that I've implemented was if I decide, look, I just love Aunt Susan's green bean casserole, or I just love pumpkin pie, or I just love whatever. And I say, you know what? Yeah, I think I do want that. I will eat it as a meal. Like it will be a part of lunch or it will be a part of dinner rather than just some random thing I'm throwing down in the middle of the day. Let's talk a little bit about people making goals, changes, resolutions, whatever. Um, and that could be New Year's, but I would also say if you think you're going to make a New Year's resolution, resolution, just do it now. Like, just start now. <laughs> we we talked about how you can enjoy the holidays and work towards a goal at the same time. So there's nothing special about January. If you want to make a change, start now. Um, what's, what's realistic, Kyle, and what's unrealistic? Because I feel like a lot of the reason people fail at their goals, resolution, life changes, diets, et cetera, is because they just don't have realistic expectations to begin with. And so when things get hard or like go off the bat or they can't be perfectly keto, carnivore, something else, what have you, like that's why they fail because they just have like these realistic expectations. They can't be perfect. So if they can't be perfect, they might as well do nothing. So Again, help us with like what's realistic on making changes. That's a good question. Um, it's a it's a loaded question, and I think it I think it's I think it starts with something different. I, it, the number one thing that you've got to have is 
people, when I meet with people, they're really hung up on the details. They feel like the reason they've not seen progress in one area of their life, right? Like, so when it comes to nutrition, it could be because of weight. It could be because of performance and training. It could be because of exercise or whatever. They feel like the reason they've not achieved this benchmark is because of some nuanced thing, right? Like my macros weren't right, or um, I need to eat for my blood type, or I didn't achieve my training goal of increasing strength because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't watch the the amount of time that it took on the down cycle of the lift, or I didn't, I didn't progressively overload it. Right. Very rarely is that true. What I have found is that most people lack any sort of plan, right? They, they, meaning they say something that's very big, like I would like to exercise more, but that's so ambiguous. That's so big that there's no, like, what does that mean? How do you quantify that? And so they end up just kind of there, there's nothing to aim for, no measurement, no way to measure whether or not they're achieving that. So when you say like, well, what's a realistic expectation? You have to have a goal to have a realistic expectation for, right? And I think that, that that's kind of number one is that when you sit down and you look at what do I want the new year to look like, you have to assess number one, where are you? And number two, where do you want to be? And that's really going to help you narrow down some sort of a game plan. So let's take exercise, for example. Okay, I want to be more active. Active in what? Are you just curious about you want to improve your overall health? Would you like your endurance to be better? Maybe you noticed on a, on a hunt this year, like you just couldn't quite keep pace with your buddy or you noticed that you had to stop a lot while you were gaining elevation to get to a glassing knob. So you want your endurance to be better. Great. Now you can formulate a plan. How many days per week do you have to dedicate to this? How much time per day? And I think that that's where realistic expectation comes into play. You may think that you need four hours of zone two training to increase your endurance, but you've got kids, you've got a business, you've got a side hustle, you have other hobbies that you try to do in, in the winter, and you've only got 30 minutes. What can you do in that 30 minutes? So I think finding something that's practical rather than optimal and doing that instead of waiting until you've got time in your life to do four, you know, four hours of zone two cardio four times a week, that will probably never happen. So it's always going to be better to aim for what's practical versus what's optimal. And this is going to be very unpopular uh, in the world of stay hard, discipline equals freedom, all of the mantras that you hear on Instagram, which make really great posts, but are terrible in, in practicality for most people, which is find the minimum effective dose and do it with consistency. And you will be very, very, very shocked how little it takes to show improvement, whether that's with training or whether that's with nutrition, whether your focus is endurance, whether your focus is building muscle, whether your focus is improving your health, or whether your focus is trying to lose weight. It takes very, very little to do it, but you have to be very, very consistent with that very, very little. And so as you start to think about like the New Year's and the holidays, rather than trying to swing for the fences and find perfect, you're, if you've made attempts in the past and you haven't gotten where you wanted, it is not because of anything nuanced. It's almost always because of consistency. That's so simple yet 
it's still hard, right? Consistency, you yeah. have to choose to do it. I mean, it is simple. Yeah. It, it's, I, I mean, think I, I, that's what like people put a false hope in these like diets and strategies because they think there's something magical about it. And if I just do this, like I don't have to do the work, like everything's happening for me. I just need to follow this or only eat this where it's like, well, actually you can like make it way more simple than that and not have to follow all these rigid diets, but you're just going to have to be intentional and consistent. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Most people that I meet feel like their inability in, in past attempts to reach their goal was wrapped up in some sort of, you know, call it metabolic abnormality, meaning their body is just resistant to the change that they've been applying. And very rarely is that true. That's almost always the zebra and the pack of horses, right? Um, what I have found to be the greatest, the greatest challenge for, for most people is, is really two things. One is it's inconvenient, <laughs> right? Like the one thing that you've got to find to make any change is the one thing that very few of us have, which is time. It's going to inconvenience you to find time if it's not already a part of your routine. There is no better plan, no better strategy, no right way or wrong way or nuanced anything. If you do not find the time and it's not already a part of your, your, your strategy, it will not happen. Number two, the greatest challenge, and I guess this goes apart with number one, is the five inches between your ears. It is all going to be a mental game. It doesn't matter if that's literally getting through one hard training session or if that's battling the consistency. There's always going to be something, some reason why you're going to feel like you don't have enough time. You shouldn't do it. It's not perfect or whatever. It's, it's going to be that, that battle in your head and really coming up with some non-negotiables with yourself and just figuring out a way to do it. And this goes back to what you had said just a minute ago, where you said, you know what, if you're wanting to create a new year plan, don't wait, start now. There are many times like in, in working with our clients where I will say, look, if you've only got 10 minutes, go do some sort of training, not because it's effective and it's going to propel you towards your goal. It is simply to stay in the rhythm right? It's, it's simply to stay in the rhythm of, I am going to continue training. I am going to find the time, no matter how inconvenient. And nine times out of 10, it's building that rhythm. That's important. Like one thing that we'll say is the whole goal of using some of the nuanced tools that we use to help people track their nutrition is not because you need to be married to them forever. It's, it's that hopefully you will move from intentionality and and, 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 you know, structured intentionality towards subconscious behavior. You use a tool so that it eventually just becomes second nature to you, right? Making nutrition choices, training or whatever. Um, you, you, you use some of these tools to keep you accountable so that eventually you've been using them so long that you can get rid of the tool, but it's such a part of your daily routine that you don't even have to think about it anymore. If you're going to make changes, you're going to be inconvenienced. And there's going to be some level of discomfort. That's just like a part of any and every change. And so if you're saying, yeah. I want to do something different or be something different than I have, that's going to require change. Change is going to require some effort, some discomfort. It doesn't have to be complex, as we just said, but uh, it's going to have to be change. And change yeah. requires some effort and discomfort. 
Yeah, I, Steve, Steve, and, and you both talked about before how much you despise, you know, that quote of game changer, like you just sort of cringe when you hear it. I hate every sort of one liner about being hard and training and discipline and all of this because it's just so overplayed that it doesn't have any meaning anymore. But it is true, right? That, and I, I even cringe as I say this, but it's true. It is choosing your heart, right? Like, it's like, okay, well, what would I rather have? Would I rather be inconvenienced by setting up some structure and, 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 and be, you know, changing my life? Because you got to think like, it's not just about a smaller pant size or seeing the scale come down. You have to think like, what does this, what better life does this provide me? Maybe it's lower blood pressure. Like some of the best client wins that we have when people talk is like, I don't have to take blood pressure medication anymore. Like, and we have a, I have an older gentleman right now. He's wrote the other day. He's like, I don't have to take blood pressure medication anymore. I don't have to wear compression socks anymore. I mean, these are things that truly change someone's life. It's not just about seeing a scale number go down. And, you know, in the context of the audience that listens the most to this, maybe I'll just use myself as an example. I couldn't have went hunting at 270 pounds. I mean, I couldn't have probably road hunted at 270 pounds, much less like drug a deer out or hiked up a mountain or any of these other things. It, it, truly did change my life. And so you have to think about that as it's like, yeah, it's inconvenience to make better choices at home when it comes to nutrition. It's an inconvenience to find 30 minutes to go for a walk or whatever. But it it could also mean a totally different life for you. And I'll I'll piggyback this. I feel like I'm all over the board. I told you my mind goes a hundred places though. I'll piggyback this onto it. You don't have to, you know, absolutely hammer yourself in training for it to be effective. Anything. There's people in our program who do no workouts to people who are borderline professionals whenever it comes to training as far as total volume of exercise. Just do something. It does not need to be intense. It could be walks with the family, but you know, something that's contributing towards movement and 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 changing the outcome in terms of where you are versus where you want to be. What is coming in the new year for you, Kyle? So I know like if people are made it this far, maybe they are interested in getting some help. So like, what do you offer like in terms of working with people? And then I think you have some new stuff coming if I'm, if it's not too early to talk about that. You mentioned a hint at me. No, it's, it's not. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> we have like to this point, what we've offered is we've got a, there's a course online that you can take over it's uh it's 20 different topics and it's really a, just all of the resources that we've put together in one spot right and so um there's a there's a guy who's worked with me since day one uh valley to peak steven and he's basically compiled everything on the website you have a username and your password and it's all housed in there right so you can go through the course it's self-guided you get lifetime access and then we've also always had one-on-one coaching because yes, you know, we do give a ton of free resources, but a lot of times people want to know and they'll say, thank you. Those were helpful, but I need some direction, right? I need to know how some of this stuff applies to me specifically and my one-off scenarios or whatever. So there's always been one-on-one coaching. There's always been a course and there's always been some of this free content. 
This year, um, we're going to do a few new things. So one on the kind of lower end of the spectrum, less help, low cost, we've created a bundle of, of guide sheets. And so these are sheets that are um, basically quick hitting facts on a variety of nutrition topics that range from like, what should my protein intake be? What about carbohydrates? What about calories? And so you can just download the sheets and get some general information on that. The second, and this is new, is something called Foundations Plus. And so Foundations Plus is built on our coaching platform, which is uh, three different phases of the program, an audit, a goal phase, and then a maintenance phase. And so we sort of walk you from where you're at to where you want to be based on what your goals are. Foundations Plus is going to be a group format of that. And so we'll do one per quarter over the course of the year and meet once a week for a period of 12 weeks and talk about 12 different topics and you know basically how those different topics pertain to you and so yeah if people are interested you can sign up for more information about that the first one of those will launch in january and then we'll have one per quarter over the course of the year one-on-one coaching is obviously still still an option and you know the one-on-one coaching would probably be for someone who again is really wondering how all of this applies directly to them and so like foundations plus will be us talking about these topics but i can't go in and look at your actual nutrition and and speak to the specifics about you know why or why not you're seeing a specific outcome or training variable or whatever but foundations plus would be good for someone who's wanting more general information who likes group format um and who wants a little more guidance than just going through the course on their own. All right. I, w- I want to get into uh, a little bit of actually talking about clothing uh, in a minute, but I want to do <laughs> a quick, like quick round. I'm going to throw a nutrition idea topic word at you. And I just want like a short like first impression, short answer, which I know you always love details and explanation and et cetera. So I'm forcing you outside your comfort zone to do this. But uh, I'll throw something at you. I want a one word to one sentence answer. I feel like this is going to get me in trouble if I go <laughs> top of mind, but let's do it. All right. I like it. Um, you actually brought this up before, but it was on my list. Personalized food slash blood testing to determine personalized foods slash diets garbage all right uh carnivore diet oh god (laughs) siloed thinking the supplements worth considering i'm not saying worth taking worth considering none is that does that include any sort of non-performance supplementation such as like vitamins if someone feels they don't eat enough like healthy foods yeah so supplement and that's what that's why i am not good at these because it's always context like the number the number one answer for every dietitian to everyone should always be it depends because it's always context relevant but yes supplements are fill in the gap right convenience if there is a situation or a scenario where you either need convenience or you're trying to fill in a gap with something you can't get from food a supplement works what you find though is almost 99 out of 100 supplements don't even meet that need right like so let's take branch chain amino acids for example if you eat protein you don't need branch chain amino acids so 
you don't need it. Now, if you're talking about a multivitamin, I would say the two that are most relevant would be multivitamins and whey protein. If you're in a situation where you can't eat a meal, you're on the run, you're in meetings, you're a busy person, whatever, and it's getting absolutely nothing versus getting some protein and your only option is drinking a protein drink, fine. Is drinking a protein cheap, uh, drink going to be better than eating food? No. If you can't get enough vitamins and minerals, either because of dietary preference, dietary restriction, or you're in the backcountry for 30 days, you're a guide, right? And you're, you can't eat fresh fruits and vegetables in the backcountry, then yeah, multivitamin would be fine. Your favorite holiday treat for you personally? Oh boy. First thought was chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> We're back to the chocolate chip cookies. It is. I it's like my it. dessert, dessert of choice. I like it. I like it. Um, the I'm I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. I have the idea, but um, either the biggest, yeah, like what's the biggest thing you've learned this year about nutrition? And by that, I don't mean like oh, I discovered that this food or this thing or whatever. But I'm more like, what is a big takeaway for you this year? really in the work that you do with your clients. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. Um, I, I think, I think, so I'll give like a, I'll give one as it directly applies to nutrition and then I'll give kind of a bigger overview. Bigger overview is I think just two things, I guess. One how bad people want to see this part of their life conquered. And I think like when people, you know, jump on the phone with us and talk about like, well, why is this program different? The program, one of the thing that I think makes us so different is the goal when you work with us is I want you to graduate with complete autonomy. I do not want you to need me in six months and you, you graduate. My goal for you is not to give you some sort of a plan and you cheat, you, you achieve this result, sayonara, see you later. I want you to understand how it works so you literally don't need me because people are like, this is a deeply emotional thing for people. I'm probably more of a psychologist than I am a dietitian, not because I'm you know, like great at giving advice, but the whole nutrition thing, whether it's nutrition for performance and training, right? You take somebody who gets injured, that's deeply emotional to them and how to navigate nutrition to get around the injury and, or until they can start training again. You take someone with weight, that's deeply emotional to them. And so this is the second piece of it, big, big, big overview. Tailoring the message to the person, right? And, 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 and realizing there is no one way there are many ways and it's helping you to figure out which way is going to work the best for you and i think creating that in a a way that makes the most sense to the person and always finding again like we talked about earlier practical versus optimal it's one thing to know all the optimal it's different for you know for you to implement that in your life and this goes back to i guess more of the uh the um, specific thing when it comes to nutrition, practical versus optimal. The amount of people who think they need a million grams of protein per day because of things they've read online are significantly relieved when they learn like they don't. I've so like one of the things that I, seems to be the theme of the year. Most people who have made almost everybody's 
try to look into more nutrition information at this point. And almost everybody has tried these crazy high protein diets and you simply don't need that much. And so like just yesterday, I put a question out to our Facebook group. I said, you know, I'm going to be on uh, with our friends tomorrow at Exo Mountain Gear. What are some things that you've learned from the new year or you're curious about? One guy chimed in and he said, it's so expensive to eat healthy, especially meeting the protein protein recommendations. So my first thought was, are you targeting the right protein recommendation? I would bet that most people are trying to hit far above that um, and then realizing you just don't need to. Mm-hmm. Depending you on whether go down I, that rabbit trail, no, don't you? Yeah, I, I do, but I don't. But then also, the next question I have is also going to be hard for you to answer, I think, but I still want to ask it. <laughs> a layman's non, you know, non nutritionist, a layman's good source of information for nutrition advice, but not you. Oh, man. I'm not saying that you're going to struggle with that because you think that you're the only one. But again, going back to what we said up front, I do think it is incredibly hard to actually find good, relevant, helpful information that's not biased, swayed, etc. Uh, there's just so much junk out there. So is there something, or just say no, that you would be like, yeah, this would be good to like follow or pull from? That's a good question. Uh, it's It reminds me of like the adage of, Oh, what is it? It's like good, cheap, and fast pick two <laughs> mm-hmm. because I feel like most of the information out there that's available that's good is in books, right? It's, 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 it's written by some of my favorite, some of my favorite books, most helpful nutrition information have come from textbooks, which may be a little I mean, heady for people who just aren't interested in learning that, that part of it. Yet most of the easy to understand layman stuff is really bad information. <laughs> um, I think that's a fair, like that alone is a fair answer in a way because it's like, hey, the quick, flashy headline Instagram post information that lacks detail and context, et cetera, is probably worth what you're getting out of it. Meaning you're not putting up much investment of time, effort, or mental energy to consume it and that that's about what it's worth (laughs) is about as easy it is to consume it so if you want to get some valuable information you're gonna have to look a little bit harder take a little bit more time and give a little bit more effort yeah i um i forgot what i was gonna say but yeah I, i i think that anything that seems polarizing and anything that is trying to sell you something within it, I would just be very wary of, right? And just and just approach with caution because there are so many, you know, quote influencers online. Most of them are very entertaining, and most of them like give an ounce of believe. Like it, it, it sounds believable, but it is it is very very misleading right and so you go back to the carnivore thing and i said uh, siloed thinking it's siloed thinking because there's so much involved with that to say is it good is it not good what are some other things to think about with it um it's it, it, it's tough to i wish i had a good answer <laughs> honestly I, and this is going to sound very 
uh, borderline narcissistic and I don't mean for it to, but that's what I've tried to make. Right. I mean, I I've tried to make a place where people can go, where there is good, easy to understand nutrition from what they, I hope they feel like is a trustworthy source. Um, because yes, I do have two kids to feed. So there are things that you have to pay for if you want to dive deeper. But I have also tried to make as much free information between our podcast and the, you know, the different articles that are on there, free downloads, whatever anybody could want, that if they wanted the information, it's available. Uh, shifting gears, <laughs> and this may seem random to listeners, but it's not if you would hear Kyle and I's private conversations at times to clothing because uh, <laughs> you've tested a lot, worn a lot, asked me questions, I've asked you questions, et cetera. So um, this is based on a listener question. And I should also say we always try to make these Monday minutes based on listener questions. I didn't ask specifically like, hey, here's this question from so-and-so listener and all this nutrition talk. But a lot of those things I just did ask you, Kyle, were influenced or direct from listener questions. So that's what we have been doing. Now we're just shifting gears to close. There was a question about, uh, the question came to me directly because this uh, person had seen me wear different types of base layers in particular, um, Merino and synthetic and like Sitka and First Light and have I tried QU and have I tried this and have I done that and et cetera. Um, and that's definitely been something I've for a long time, I've, I've worn a lot of things, but also played with more in the last handful of years. I'm curious, you and I have talked a fair amount about certain things, but on base layers specifically, one, start with your experience, Merino versus synthetic. Do you have a preference? Does it depend on conditions? And then if you want to get into any specifics beyond that, meaning like specific items, feel free to. But I, I don't know that we've talked too much about that. So I'm curious and it answers this listener's question. Yeah, we, we, I don't know that we've ever, we tend to both, I think, talk more about mid layers and outer layers. I, I think it's because maybe we both just enjoy that category more and the article, the, you know, the pieces of clothing involved with that. And I, honestly, I don't even know how I got so interested in the nerdery of performance clothing, if you want to call it that, but somehow I've, I'm here. I like, this is going to seem so diplomatic. I like them both for different reasons. If you just told me I absolutely had to choose and wear one the rest of my life, I would go with Merino because I just, I, I find that it keeps me cool in the summer. I find that it keeps me warm when the temperatures drop. I find that I'm able to regulate heat fairly, fairly well, doesn't hold, you know, smell quite as much. And I, I just... I don't know. I, I just, I tend to prefer that a little bit more. I will say though, um, in like August, if I'm having to pick, if I'm not having to pick between the two and the weather's looking pretty nice, fairly mild, that um, Sitka lightweight hoodie is, I'll say this, the Sitka lightweight hoodie and the Outdoor Research Echo hoodie are my favorite they are they allow so much wind through so it keeps me cool when i'm hiking and um yeah i just I, they both keep me really cool whenever the weather is really warm but on, on the merino side like I, I remember this year uh early season elk hunting for example it was it was extremely hot i had a really lightweight um merino 
base layer on. I think it was like 150 gram and started the season off. It was really hot, kept me pretty cool temperature regulation wise. The final day before I was going to go home, I was going to hunt that morning, drive home in the afternoon. I went out, there was some weather that was supposed to roll in, which came, came with, it was a cold front. And so I was out hunting and just about to leave, see a, see a bull across a drainage storm rolls in starts raining. And I'm like a cold rain. But I, and all I had on was this, this 150 gram Merino. I didn't, I, my jacket was in my pack and I just didn't feel like dealing with it. it. And it kept me warm. Right. And so just that, that extreme variation between temperature is why I would probably lean towards Merino if I absolutely had to pick one. And even looking back over the season, that's almost always what I, what I ended up pulling out and taking. Yeah. There's benefits to both for sure. Um, one thing that gets, in these conversations gets overlooked is it's okay to just have a personal preference, right? Like you get these questions get asked and guys are like, Oh, I swear by Merino cause of this or swear by synthetic cause of that. And it's like, man, if you prefer one, then that's great. But that doesn't mean that the other one's irrelevant. And what I will say is, uh, I have found that there's just a lot of, it's such a broad topic that there is a lot of variation in like Merino take it as like well, what is the weight what is the blend what is the construction um etc and you could say the same thing on synthetic like these blanket questions of well do synthetics smell because merino is obviously known to not hold odor it's like okay well what synthetics because i've had some that smell terrible quickly and once they seem to get odor in them they seem to hold on to odor even after a bunch of washings but then I've had some synthetics that do extremely well, preventing odor, not holding odor. Um, and then even on that point, from what I've been told by numerous sources, some of the odor treatments that exist, and I should say this is in both fabrics, work apparently differently for different types of, I don't want to say body compositions, but apparently like acidities and sweat and things like that, meaning like take Sitka, they use polygene. Some people say that polygene works incredibly well for them. That's been my case. Some people say it doesn't work well for them. And I've heard people talk about polygene in general, not just on Sitka pieces, that there's some sort of effectiveness variance based on like, I don't want to say a chemical composition, but again, like based on some personal issues. Like, I don't know if that's acidity and sweat or whatever. That seems crazy, but I've been told that from many, many places. So um, it is kind of a loaded thing. I, it anymore. I, I mostly choose synthetic if I think there's a chance of moisture, and by that, I mean environmental moisture. But I also mean a significant amount of sweat that is not always consistent. Meaning it, it bugs me. Basically, the dry time of merino bugs me. Um, and when it just stays wet, when I don't want it to be wet, it's annoying. Um, some Merino pieces, you know, I've been a little bit let down by like durability and fit. They do tend to stretch and be a little bit more fragile, um, et cetera. So I, there's definitely times when I choose Merino, but I'd say it's 70, 30 for me currently that I choose synthetic 70% of the time and Merino 30% of the time. Um, both pieces you mentioned, Kyle, like 
the uh, the Sitka lightweight hoodie and the Outdoor Research Echo are both fantastic. Um, I do definitely, especially in mild and warmer weather, love a good zip on a base layer piece, which the Sitka has. I appreciate thumb holes for getting layers on and off, which again, the Sitka has. A hood for me is critical, even in very warm conditions, because I'm using that as a sunblock, which the Sitka has. So it's not like, hey, here's the Sitka thing, and that's the great thing, but um, it's been durable. The polygene works well for me. It has a deep zip. It has thumb loops. It has a hood. Like It just checks all those boxes. The Outdoor Research Echo is fantastic, but doesn't have a zip, um, for example. So yeah, there's a, I mean, there, and there are a ton of good budget options out there if you don't want to drop hundred bucks on a piece and you want to buy a $20 piece on Amazon, that's fine. It's generally the, the details, like it's not going to have some of the quote unquote features or the fit's not going to be as good or sometimes the durability or sometimes the odor treatment, etc. So it is easy to like grab two base layers and they apparently look the same, but if you want to get super nerdy, there can be a lot of differences in them. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did try like uh, one thing that I do enjoy is, you know, I do have quote nice pieces from gear like Sitka or outdoor research or whatever, but I also enjoy trying to find the budget piece and seeing how they compare. And so there's a uh, brand on Amazon uh, called belief. I think is how you say it. B a B a L E a F. And it's, it, I, it's okay. I would almost say you'd be, I would be, I would prefer to find that echo on sale and go that route because they'll they'll often throw that on sale for you know 50 bucks or something like that and it is it is a dramatic difference in the breathability of that and that belief now if it's a cold weather hunt and you're kind of looking just for a you know a, a base layer under something it's and it's going to retain a little bit of heat um that one was great you know it was fine it was fine for that but definitely actually wore that on the death hike in alaska that that belief shirt and heavily contemplated multiple times taking my pocket knife and creating my own quarter zip with no zip (laughs) (laughs) just like just just slicing a hole up the middle of it because it was it would not like i could it did not breathe at all if you aren't using a base layer with a quarter zip and hunting or hiking in warmer weather or you have one but you don't use it it is pretty dramatic what that quarter zip yeah. can do for you, for sure. Kyle, we've rambled all over the place, uh, but I think there's a lot of good takeaways in here. Thanks for joining me one more time. What's the best place for people to go? Again, whether they want to are interested in working with you or just want the best free info that you talked about, like send them to the places. Yeah. Well, I I want to say thank you for having me and, you know, for maybe folks who are new to the podcast, Valley to Peak was never a thing. Valley to Peak started actually because of the first time I was on the EXO podcast back in however many years ago that was. And I remember you and I sending some messages back and forth. And I just said, look, I kind of want to have an email address where folks can reach out and, and, and email me if they've got questions after I'm on the podcast versus just my gmail account and that led to steven who i mentioned earlier creating just a landing page and now this is our our full business so like i never want to do these without expressing how grateful i am to you and steve for everything over the years and 
if people are interested, pretty much everything is under V2P Nutrition. So that's V with the number two uh, P Nutrition. So there's all of the social media handles. That's our website. Our podcast is Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. Uh, so if anyone's interested, like we said earlier, there is a bucket load of free information you can get your hands on if you're kind of wondering who we are and uh, if you want more help there's options for that too you can always just email me directly i try to reply within 24 hours unless i'm eating cookies on the holiday uh but <laughs> feel free to reach out I'd be happy to answer any questions you got awesome thanks kyle uh we'll leave links to that stuff in the show description for you listeners to check out and always if you have questions for us send an email to podcast at xmountaingear.com if we get a bunch of follow-up nutrition questions, we can get Kyle back on and do that. So if you have questions, don't hesitate to let us know. And thanks as always for tuning in.